Owl, what if I just started every episode with a scream like that? Ow! <laughs> Ow! Welcome to Cover Me! As we always say I on say Cover that. Me. Ow! Wow! <laughs> um, hang on. Okay, let's see. Way to go, everybody. Good job. Good job on the ones. All right, keys. and and here is the here is the the shoddily made intro. I can cover you. No, let's let's do it as a singing bit. It sounds. I can cover you if I can't listen to you tonight. I can cover you. I know how to play it just right. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against each other to find out. That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my dreamy co-host. Alex Mildenberger. <sighs> Alex, how are you doing a week l- later yes, from the last uh, time we recorded? Well, given that it's been a week, a lot has changed. Um, I, I went on a trip to uh, Belgium. Really? Belgium? Since yesterday, yeah. I mean, last week. That's- Fuck. Since last uh, week, yeah. What did you? Was it a Belgium or just a uh, Bernard Calibo chocolate shop? Is that? Um, that's, you confused I, the two again. That's the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Uh, right? Like that's. I. I mean, that's where that you get chocolates. Belgian. That's why we. It, chocolate's just short for Belgian chocolate. Yeah. So I mean, that's where chocolate's from. Is 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 uh, Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. It is Bernard Calibo that's Belgian chocolate, right? Um, I, I think Bernard Calibo's local. Like, he lives in Shit. Calgary. I don't Who know. does the... What, what, like, Linder? Lint? I don't know. I'm how sure how is a fancy chocolate named after the same shit you get in your belly button? Tell me that. Uh, well, they put a D in it. <laughs> Linder. <laughs> so, it's different. Yeah. Um, Pro- probably means see. something. In... Flemish. I don't know what language. What about Ferrero Rocher? Well, we don't have a lot of Nutella around here on account of allergies. Mm. So, unfortunately, none of that either. Godiva. Godiva is a brand of Belgian chocolate. Sure. All right. I believe Did you, you walk into a Godiva store? Uh, <laughs> it was it was Belgium. I went to Belgium. Yeah. You went to Belgium. Yes. Um, lovely waffles there, right here. So obviously, as you've all guessed, we're talking about the the hit song uh, "I Can Dream About You" by Dan Hartman, made in 1984, originally produced for the movie "Streets of Fire," which, which we just reviewed last week. Yeah, if you haven't heard of that, go check out last week's episode. We pretty much go beat by beat through the plot, and <laughs> yeah. You could also watch the movie. You could also do both. That's what I recommend. Yeah, I would recommend both. Fucking around. So this is a uh, this is an interesting piece. So it was it was built for the film, and then like Dan Hartman wrote it. Right. It was based off a demo he had actually produced with uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates in mind. Oh. A couple of years beforehand. So he actually kind of wrote it for them. 
kind of. Mm-hmm. Which I think if you listen to his version of it, you can kind. Of, it has that very uh, like Hall and Oates style to it. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, so sharp. So Pick, <laughs> picked up on that. Picked up on that pretty early on. Oh yeah, see, nothing gets past you. So what's interesting is, in the film, the version they use is not Dan Hartman singing. It's a man called Winston Ford who does the vocals for the band, the Sorrell, in that film. I don't know if he's the actor as well. He could but... very easily not be. That, that film yeah. doesn't care who sings and who acts. That really does not. Um, doesn't even see, always Winston... use the same singing voice per, per character. So. Yeah, checking his IMDb, he's listed as being known for Streets of Fire soundtrack and not the film. All right, that sounds like a fact to me. That's, I mean, IMDb is uh, gospel here on this podcast, so we never question it. Unlike Genius, which we question all the fucking time. So yeah, it was originally sung by Winston Ford, and then Dan Hartman, I, I guess, kind of just wanted to get his slice of the pie of his own song that he had sat on for a couple of years. Uh, insisted for the actual official soundtrack release that it be his vocals on the track. And so he re-recorded that in, which uh, upset the uh, musical director for the film, Kenny Vance, who says, the same guy that sings lead on that in Countdown to Love, a song that I wrote for the film, was it... Oh, he wrote... So uh, Kenny Vance wrote Countdown to Love, just mm-hmm. to clarify that. Was a guy working at a radio shack, and it says here, brackets, Winston Ford. I think when you look at the film and the Sorrells are singing it live in the movie, that was the version that was supposed to come out, and I recorded that version. But then, when Dan Hartman heard it, I don't know what happened next, but I know they took that guy's voice off and he put his own on, and he had a hit with it. Hollywood is a very slippery place. I mean, he wrote the song, so, like, it's not... I don't know. Not that big a deal. But it sucks. Yeah, it's not completely Ford unheard of. Still working at Radio Shack to this day. Yeah, his Winston Ford's other I credit assume. was just like some other soundtrack. Is Radio Shack even still around? It's not in they're uh, Circuit City by Radio Shack we have in Canada. Uh, the Source. They call him the Source now. That's right, the Source by is, is it the Source by Circuit City? It was at one point. I think it might yeah, still be. Yeah, now it's just the Source. I think okay, they mostly just sell phones nowadays and shitty soldering irons. Yeah, that sounds about right. And cell phone plans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went there to buy, like, a fucking battery for my, uh, like, clip-on tuner. And they are like, do you want a cell phone plan with that? I was like, no, thank you. Just one flatty batty, please. Yeah, one flatty batty to go. Thanks very much. Cell phone plan. Fucking cell phone plans, man. Cell yeah, Radio Shack is still around. In case anybody was curious. In some form or another. In some form or another. Um, yeah, so he then... So Dan Harmon really had to, like, steal his song back from this film, or at least he <laughs> felt he had to, because the original music video released for this, there are two music videos. There's the one that the production company behind Streets of Fire released, which is uh, it's essentially just clips from the film. It's the final scene of the Sorrells actually performing this with interstitials of just other random scenes from the film. And then Dan Hartman went on. I mean, you'd kind of expect from movie soundtracks to have just like random movie clips in it. Yeah. At least at Except one point. Except for that, that one from common. the Shrek movie that it had. Still had some Wait, did clips. It? Yeah, I think it, had it did few. have some clips. Yeah. At yeah, the best days of our lives. Your armor at some point man. or something? Yeah. Yes. The Baja, man. And he put chainmail on. He had chainmail on. Yeah. Okay, so that one works. That was just a, a great music video. That's why I thought to bring it up. Um, 
Yeah, so it's a pretty expected approach. It's pretty low budget. You, you, you string it together, you can get it up on MTV, which in 84 was a, a, a very good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Hartman later releases his own music video, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, so he performed this on the music variety show Soul Train. So I asked the question here, Alex, is this song what's known as Blue-Eyed Soul? Uh, it could be. Is that what hollow notes are considered? Because I know they yeah, like... it's soul music by white people. Yeah, they like were on soul charts and stuff, which was kind of a big deal. Yeah, because because they're white, cause they're white and soulless as a result. Uh, of course, but yeah, I, I I suspect so. But like on purpose, I guess. Although this guy's got brown eyes, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's just eyed soul. Brown eyed soul doesn't sound great. You're my brown eyed soul. That's what we say. Hang on, is brown eyed girl just about a woman with a butthole? Hmm. Uh, yeah, one of those rare women with buttholes. That's what it's about. You never know when you're gonna find one. Classic Van Morrison, always just a sex freak. That guy. Looking at people's buttholes, having sex with women named Gloria. Pretty much those two things. (laughs) Pretty much those two things and those two things alone. So, Alex, let's talk. uh, There's like so little background to talk about this that we, uh, like, we've kind of covered it already. Should we talk about the lyrics? I I just want to point out that Dan Hartman has a few other Mm -hmm. credits to his name, including the song "Why Should I Worry" from Oliver and Company. Which, if you've seen Oliver and Company, <laughs> I've brought it up before. It's a song sung by Billy Joel in Oliver and Company, where he, like, walks through the city and, like, jumps on cars and on, like... Like, we know when they, like, lift pipes, like, concrete pipes up, and then they walk through the yeah. pipe? Like, that kind I of thing. I always wanted to walk through a pipe that was being lifted up as But a, you as gotta a child, go to you New know? York. You gotta go Apparently. to New York or wherever uh, Goofy and his family live. Uh, Goofsville. Goofsville, USA. Uh, he also wrote Free Ride, because he was part of the Edgar Winter group for a while. Okay. Free Ride! (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy! That's the one? Sure, close enough. So I also want to to point out an Oliver and Company, which, one, weirdly enough, is not the first time we've discussed this movie. No, it's not. I don't remember what the context was last time, but I I remember bringing it it up. It might have come up in the very first episode, honestly. And literally, like, watching the same music video, I've been like, ah, Billy Joel is in this movie. Yeah. So Billy Joel plays a Dodger, a carefree, charismatic mongrel with a mix of Terrier (laughs) in him. Yeah. I've I've read this. He's (laughs) a New Yorker. Before. On the podcast. We've gone full circle. Yeah. It's time to shut it down. Yeah, we've talked about everything. Also, Cheech Marin is in it as Tito, the tiny yet passionate chihuahua. So, that's cool. I mean, he's passionate. And everybody's in some guy's... This this dude, Fagin? Is that... That can't be his name. Could be. I mean, that's Donald Fagin's last name, don't you know? I guess so. It's also a Charles Dickens character from uh, Oliver Twist. Oliver? Oh, I yeah. wonder. I hmm. Oliver and Company. Oh here. shit! <laughs> we just blew this whole thing wide open. Disney trying to just 
sneak that shit in on this. They're like, no, it's not Oliver Twist. It's about a cat. Oliver Twist is about a human boy. Learn yeah, the difference. In London. This Jeez. is in New York, you fucking idiots. Ours says Billy Joel. Does Oliver Twist have Billy Joel? I don't think so. Yeah. It needs on Oliver some Twist more is what Dickens. it needs. It even says that on the fucking Wikipedia page. Yeah. Well, there you go. We... <laughs> We've learned a lot here today. He solved it. Um, yeah, so he did uh, that, and what was the other one you said he did? Free ride. Free ride. Take yeah. it easy. Yeah. <laughs> is free is a free ride in a movie, or is it just a popular song? Um, no, he was in the Edgar Winter Group, who did right. free ride. Who's Edgar Winter Group? I don't know. Some guy. I assume. So, he was oh, in the band. The song? <laughs> he was in the band. He's in the Edgar Winter Group. Okay. Free ride. Yeah. Come on and take a free ride. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, this yeah. one. Free ride, you know. Come on and take a free ride. Yeah, that song's pretty good. Right on, Dan Hartman. So yeah, he kind of does these like uh like upbeat, like white soul pieces. I think <laughs> I think Blue Eyed Soul is actually an accurate description of them. I suppose, yeah. Um. So yeah, anything else to say, or should we talk nope, about these that was dance all. lyrics? That was all. I just wanted okay. to talk about Oliver and Company. You know me. Yeah, it's a constant point of discussion. We were we were gonna originally call this podcast Oliver and Cover Me. <laughs> no more timing. Each tear that falls from my eyes. I'm not hiding the remedy to cure this old heart of mine. That is the first verse. Yeah, that it's opens pretty up quick. Song. It's only four lines. Mm-hmm. They're short lines, uh, and then you go right into chorus after that. So it's pretty 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 snappy song. Yeah. So this first verse, is he just trying to say like he's getting a really ugly cry on? I think so. But he says he's not hiding the remedy to cure this old heart of mine. So it's the, the crying, like the crying is helping, or is the remedy the dreaming? He's like, I know what'll fix this: sex dreams. Right. Yeah. This th- there is a weirdly threatening context in the chorus, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> But, yeah, so I'm not hiding the remedy to cure this old heart of mine. I guess, is he saying you gotta cry it out? You're like, uh, you know. Sometimes you gotta, gotta cry it, all it out. out. There's, like, there's no timing to it. It doesn't look rhythmic or feel rhythmic. It's ugly. Yeah. It's a big, ugly cry, but they're not, I'm not gonna they're, hide it. They're not, like, drops anymore. It's just a stream. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, a, he's a sad boy having a, having a good cry. And then we get into the chorus. Or he says, I can dream about you if I can't, I hold, can't you tonight. hold you tonight. I can dream about you. You know how to hold me just right. Well, I mean, in the context of the movie, it's a relationship that was, uh, what did they, did he, hot and heavy, as described by McCoy mm. uh, in Streets of Fire. Although she was not being totally serious. But, um... And, and then the relationship ended and they're still kind of both into each other so they know how to hold each other just right right but they can't so as that's to say over. that their love will in the context of the movie their kind of love will go on because they can I, I, I have sex dreams about each other and i mean based on the movie right just straight up sex straight up yeah but just I mean, straight up sex. I, I guess maybe we can't look into the movie too much. Yeah, but contextually, uh, in the song, yeah, if I they're can't still hold apart. You tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it it's a uh, like 
I don't know. It's the the idea that, especially in the music video where he is like, kind of trying to win over this woman. Right. The idea that he's like, well, if I can't hold you, I can always just crank off to you. Like, like if I got about you, put you in the old spank bank, lady. You can't stop me from sexualizing you. Like it's a little, a little aggressive. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. I'm going to I'm going to throw out a their times were different in the 80s but it's definitely a little bit much. At least it's yeah. probably slightly slightly healthier than stalking. So uh that's mm-hmm. good. And I would that's say the a... line you know how to hold me just right implies that there have been consensual relations between the singer and the person they're singing to. Right. Yes. I I would assume So, yeah, I would say in that context, maybe it's not so creepy, but, you know, 80s oh, love man. songs, sometimes they're creepy. According to Genius, the person who mixed this name was Humberto Gattaca. Mm. That's a mouthful. Wow. It is a mouthful and a, a great film, Gattaca. Although it's probably like Gattaca or something like that. Right, Gattaca yeah. is two Gattaca T's, has right? second T, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, cool name, Humberto Humberto. Um, yeah, so we talk about verse two. He says, moving sidewalks, I, I don't, don't see, under, see my under my feet. Climbing up from down here below where the streets see me lonely for you. Oh. 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 So he's put on a lot of weight and he can't see his feet anymore because he's <laughs> depressed. Um, that's probably not true. He's... I, I'm assuming the moving he's sidewalks... He's at the airport, right? Yeah, yeah, he's at the he's at the airport and he's he's fat now. Yeah, um, after binge eating at the uh, the food court there. Yeah, so uh, all alone. Um, so I'm assuming the moving sidewalks are actually like that kind of like drift sidewalks. Yeah, regular sidewalks, but he's like <laughs> drifting through life. So like he's he's not paying attention to like it doesn't matter where he's going. He's just kind of like floating along yeah he's he's almost getting just moved along uh, not of his own volition mm-hmm. he's a little a little dazed a little love struck you know he's dreaming about her so love he's just sick, like whoa sick. exactly he, he's coughed up love sick everywhere Ugh, gross Ugh, gross um so climbing up from down here below where the streets seem lonely for you so he's climbing up on sidewalks just from from down he, below down here Does below. he think s- moving sidewalks are what we call escalators? I mean, they kind of are moving sidewalks. They just also elevate. Yeah, or do they, they, they move? They, they escalate. D- don't sidewalk. Because sometimes a sidewalk is because it's on the side of the road, right? And you walk on it. <laughs> I think he's you trying. You can have an escalator in the middle of a mall, Alex. You could. But why would you put an escalator in a mall that's crazy? I don't know, man. Some people just don't know how to design a mall. I'll tell you. Now, like we all do, like we all learned in, in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, Third grade mall, mall design, design class. Um, so this one, because the song is kind of like he's feeling down, but his dreaming is is making him feel better. So... I think his climbing up from down below, like he's on the streets, just drifting around, feeling down, but he's got to climb up. 
from mm, so like his, his dreams are taking him his higher? loneliness is that what it is yeah from his loneliness which is him being on the street and is he, yeah okay. just the streets are watching him because no one else is there to watch him is he astrally projecting almost certainly yeah okay i mean that's the okay. only explanation what what do you is he's gonna fly or climb, I get like maybe he's Spider Man, I guess, but right. So he's removed himself from reality through dreaming. So the streets yeah. see him lonely, but he's he's a, he's above that. Now he's floating. And then repeat chorus. Repeat chorus. I can dream about you if I and can't then... hold you tonight. Oh, we have to sing it twice. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I quit. <laughs> no, and then he says, uh, I'm gonna press my lips against you and hold right. you to me. There's this part, which is called another verse in Genius, mm-hmm. but is it it's like a different That's almost like format. a format. Mm-hmm. It's kinda it's like got two parts to it. And like there's the back of vocals they do, they're like, I can dream about you. I'm gonna press my lips against you. That's not what he says, how he yeah, says it's it. Like but a, anyway, like, like an that. alternate chorus. Kind of. Kind of. I don't know. Or like, is it a bridge? It's kind of long, but I don't yeah, know. Well, because anyway. like the backup vocals are still doing the part they would do on the regular chorus. Yeah, I guess they are. I don't know. It's so it's it's another section anyway. Yeah, this section. So he he uh, expressly tells this woman that he's going to press his limbs against them and hold them to him. At least in his dreams. Yeah, at least in his dreams. It's a pretty tame kiss. Just press. Just press face against. That's, yeah, that's how you stamp something. <laughs> that's, stamp it, and now you've approved it, or whatever. You know. So you're like, yep, it's good to go. Yep. Ship it. Take it Take it away, Johnny. Take it away. Johnny? He's our, that's our shipping guy. That's our shipping guy. Yeah, shipping guy, Johnny. Johnny. Um, and then he says, you know you got me spellbound. What else, what can, it else can it be? What else can it be? Cause sometimes, so like, he accuses her of witchcraft here, is that right? Uh, well, we did establish in the movie that there's like sorcery involved, right? Right, because there is that cutaway there song, Sorcerer. one song that it briefly <laughs> plays part of called Sorcerer. So I'm going to say, yes, there's magic. Um, although... I am, Man, that movie would be so rad with some magic in it. Just throw some and magic. And also, but it's just been shadow run. But yeah, <laughs> it's not absolutely. a bad thing. No, I wouldn't have complained. Um, sometimes, you know, when they ask a question, it's because, like, especially like, what else can it be? That would imply that they're wrong. You know. Hmm. I don't know if it does here, though. What do you think? No, I think he he fully believes that he has yeah. been like. There's no other explanation. In. It's got to be this. Yeah. What else can it be? It's okay. witchcraft. Witchcraft. Or is that cheek? Or yeah, he could be cheeky, I guess, being like, it must be magic and not, you know, just natural chemical reactions yeah. in a human being. Yeah. What are the other? What's the other possibility? Nothing, he says. But I think the sort of sappy nature of this, I think we we have to believe in magic and that he believes he is spellbound. Yeah. Or some form of magic. And witchcraft. Witchcraft and wizardry. So then we get a sort of revamp of the the is that the that's the second verse I believe moving sidewalks. Uh yeah, yeah. We talk about the so moving says, sidewalks and his uh, overweightness again. 
Yeah, and so instead of uh, climbing up from down here below this time, he climbs up from the pain in his heart, again from overeating. Because it's you that I need. I can dream. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. oh, oh. I can dream. Yes, I can dream. Whoa, He's, oh, And then he oh. says, I don't understand it. Can't keep my mind off loving you. And then the back of vocals go, not, not even for a minute. Because he's spellbound. He, now there's magic explicitly. He's caught up in the magic that he sees in her. And there's one thing to do. Um, yeah, it's just more like reiteration. He's he's really focused and, and, and can't stop thinking about this person. And is constantly dreaming about them. Possibly both night and day dreams. Yeah. And wet dreams. Hey. Dry and wet dreams. Damn it. You know. <laughs> Dreams of all kinds. Day, night, dry, wet. Humid. Green, purple. Yeah. So it's, yeah, he's pretty much reiterating himself at this point. For being a fairly lyrically sparse song, he sure goes over the same ground a lot. He does. It sounds, it's all like stated differently in like different, fairly kind of poetic ways. You know, mm-hmm. it's that like 80s. Well, maybe not 80s exclusively, but it's got that nature of like not necessarily like it's explicitly saying things, but it's a lot of like like flowery poetic language. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're looking like some of it's pretty, uh, pretty cliche, like I think this stuff about moving sidewalks is probably his strongest verses. Right. And then you got you've got shit like uh, can't keep my mind off loving you. That's pretty. Not I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, cause it's you that I need. Yeah, I've heard that a fucking thousand times. <laughs> caught um, up in the magic. Caught up in the magic. Like other, I think other songs have done that better. <laughs> oh, it's magic, just a little magic. Went For example. With you. Just For a example. Magic. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. There's, yeah, so that's the last one. The last bit of already says, now, baby, I'm caught up in the magic I see in you. There's one thing to do. And it's not pursue her romantically. It's a dream about her. I but only if you can't hold her tonight. You. Right. So maybe the one thing to do is pursue her. But if he's unsuccessful, he's got a backup plan. Yeah. And does she need to be pursued? Does he already have her? And they're just separated by some other factor. It could be. It's, no, he never really says, or does he early on? Well, he's. I guess he's talking about being lonely before this. Yeah. Maybe he's lonely because she's not around. But yeah, it's possible that they're already in a relationship. It's not explicitly stated, other than that's not what's going on in the movie. Except it kind of is what's happening in the movie. It is loosely related, and I've seen that now. The thing that throws me off is the first verse about crying. She's a sad boy. Yeah, is that just he's just like in touch with his feelings and his his uh his partner is gone for an extended period of time, so he's crying like a baby. Is yeah, that maybe it? that's just his loneliness, or it could be. Yeah. I mean, and also maybe they left and and the relationship has ended, or or were never together. Although it'd be a bit extreme to cry if they were never together. Anyway. Although she yeah, knows how to hold like, him just right, so that implies that they kind of are. Work. Yeah. You. Uh, yeah. It's. It's not. You knew how to hold me just right. It's you know. Yeah. Guys, I don't think they've broken up, because that again would make this a very creepy song. I think. <laughs> Definitely, it would. It would up the creepiness. 
Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward 80s pop hit. Like, it hit number six on the billboards and, uh, you know. I de- yeah, I definitely, like, would kind of call it generic sounding in ways. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of one of the things. Like, as catchy as it is, it's I wouldn't say it, like, really stands apart from other pop music at the time. Yeah, and it's very much, and maybe that's was sort of from him writing it from the perspective of being like, this is a song for Hall and Oates, so he just kind of tried to imitate right. a style that already exists rather than putting forth his own style, mm-hmm. but I could just be projecting. That's what I would imagine is happening. Yeah, and with that, let's talk about some of the, the instrumental work on this one, because it's, yeah. it's fairly simple as well. It's it is also strip- simple. It's uh, like a synthetic drum section it opens with. Yeah, which is, is that what actually, that boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom. I believe it is um, all like a drum machine. And it's, it's, uh, this part's actually probably the more interesting part of the song. Is this certainly piece. the most unique part? Yeah, is it comes in with that drum machine, which is, I don't know. No, okay, I, no. I didn't have it. Yeah, right it's a, it almost sounds like a like something you would use for timing, like a metronome of some kind, but made funkier. Yeah, it's got a bit of a click sound. Yeah. And then this, like, bass comes in, which is also synthesized, and just is like, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And like, it's got a kind of cool, like, synth bass sound. It's got this, like, uh, the, like, filter kind of closes slowly, and it's got a neat little, like, sound. Yeah, it's uh, it is actually an interesting like lower sound in this, uh, in this track in this out al- in this song, with the with the rhythm and the yeah the rhythm section. The rhythm section on this is actually like very interesting and I think has a good production quality on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's got I mean like, it's uh, and it's like pretty constant throughout too. It doesn't change a ton. Uh, something's cut out and stuff, but but yeah, it's got a cool cool sound and uh there's also like a like a drum kit that comes in that just plays kind of like fairly straight that's less interesting but i suppose maybe it fills out the percussion a little more yeah it helps to bring up the energy because that's sort of the the key thing for hitting the chorus in this is that right. the because i would say even the style he sings the uh verses in particularly is very i think is very cool because it's like big long holds and then like a bunch of short notes moving sidewalks just kind of the rhythm of that yeah there's a lot of like that kind of like cool in this song yeah i guess you said the rhythm is more is the stronger part of this song and the way that is sung is is definitely stronger and i I do think the main melody as well is pretty strong because it's quite catchy yeah it's definitely a catchy piece but i think Maybe the lyrical content doesn't hold this song up as strongly as it could. Yeah, definitely that's less the strength. Uh, it's easy to sing along to the chorus, though. That's for sure. Yeah. I can dream about you. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd hear like on the morning on the radio when you're going into work on like I'm, a Friday. I'm surprised I haven't <laughs> ever heard it because it was kind of a hit. Like it seems Yeah, I didn't really know I about know. this song until I started looking into the film. So mm-hmm. it's weird that it is a hit but also not really. Yeah, I guess we forget about not a lot a of lasting hits. lasting hit? Yeah. 
So that's just kind of the way it goes. Some things hang on. I think if it it's a like we said a little on the generic side, so maybe it just didn't uh, make it out of that trial by yeah, fire or whatever. Possible is overshadowed by like other Hall and Oates songs would be my that's primary true. guess of what took it out. Although it's got uh, enough covers, so yeah, it certainly does. A lot of them are very straight covers too. So it was, it was like even in the ones we picked, there's still a lot of that. It was really tough to compile a playlist for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other elements in this are the kind of funky background guitar that that's you know it seems to be a recurring theme yeah. in songs. It's doing that noodling, doing a bit of it's like a like a palm mute sort of thing. Doing yeah, it's got a little pattern. Mm-hmm. And it comes in. It comes in on like the verses and or or on the choruses rather, and then verses after the first one it plays a little bit, and then like on the transition between the two, it plays a da 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 kind of. Yeah, it does do that, and then there's yeah. also a guitar that's specifically there for the solo. Yes, there is a guitar. The, solo. the other guitar is still playing in the back. And, and it also has like this synthesizer. It's kind of like a pad synthesizer you know what i'm talking about yeah but it's like really quiet in the back like it's hard to hear amongst yeah and it does else. just very sparse notes it might do like a little arpeggio or something occasionally yeah until like that third verse or whatever you want to call it it plays a mm-hmm. bit more that's kind of where i noticed it because it's really in the background before that and then i had to like go back and listen and it's there but it's hard to pick out yeah and there is there also a synth that kind of does like the chord change notes? I think that might be the one. Yeah, is that the same one doing those parts? I think maybe. Okay. Yeah, because it would be doing that. This is hard yeah. to hear. So, so that's kind of the chemical makeup of this song. Um, Alex, did you get a chance to actually watch the Dan Hartman music video? Um, I just like skimmed over it a bit. I've got it on right now. I've seen. Okay. He definitely is in a bar as a bartender. It is not the bar from the film. No. But someone like puts on the the music the other music video on the music mm-hmm. video machine. Yeah, so they they put on the Sorrells and then uh Dan Hartman's just like working in the bar. Like so many of the shots in this are literally just like looking at Dan Hartman, his hands are below camera like pretending to do bartending stuff. <laughs> And then he's just, like, singing, and it's implied that he's just staring down this woman. Yeah, who, like, put the music video on, and he's like, oh, I wrote that song. She won't know because I'm not singing it. Yeah, he's like, because now I have to work at a a bar because Streets of Fire didn't do that well. (laughs) And, like, a lot of what the woman does is she just, like, is just eyeballing that TV. Like, she puts on the fucking music video and then fucking stares at it. She's like, this is what I paid money for. This yeah, is what I'm here for. Yeah, she paid for that shit, so she better watch it. That's how you get and value. Also, it, it looks like everybody in this bar is drinking Stella Artois. How so? A lot so? of green bottles with a white label on top. There are a lot of green bottles. Even, oh yeah. Even, but although, like, the background, even, like, the liquor... Like it's oh, different shaped bottles, but it's this. it's all it's all that. And then there's some like champagne looking stuff too. Yeah. It implied that this is some kind of party. She's like talking to people. And he then looks, she he's leaves smiling. to go I don't play know. a music video. And then she 
kind of comes back at some point. Yeah, and then she comes and to the bar table. Their like, like eyes the are lit very directly. Like there's very direct light just on their eye lines. And there's one yeah. part, like two fifty or so, where it's just like Dan Hartman's face and it's just like the top of it is illuminated so brightly. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, look at that. It's like a band right across his face. And they're like kind of staring at each other at that point. She's got super eighties hair. Yeah. I realized something today. There's a person there's a lady, I should say in my yoga class who like mm-hmm. totally has bonnie tyler hair and like kind of kind of got a bonnie tyler look going on minus the like leather because that would be uncomfortable <laughs> in a yoga class she's got to come in in a white flowing dress yeah yeah i'm, I'm waiting for that we'll you see you can wear your leather underwear or whatever and just fucking start dancing around her yeah oh yeah i'll bring my leather underwear <laughs> to yoga uh so then the good part, the exciting part of this music video happens. And that's when Dan Hartman gets on the bar, starts dancing, and you get to see his shoes, which are boots. Yeah, and Leather it's like boots. this was his only way to to seduce this woman. Is that it? Is he's like, I got to get on here. Like he hits that fucking lamp. But he's like, listen, lady, I can dance on a bar table. Whoa. And the crazy thing is everyone's into it. Nobody's like, uh, hey, bartender, I need another Stella Artois over here. And then he does his little foot dancing, and she comes up and dances with him. Mm-hmm. And then the weird thing is, is he turns away from her to deliver the line, I can't keep my mind off of you, not even <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> well, you gotta face the camera. They you could gotta, have done that though, where they shot over her shoulder. Yeah, and I then mean, he or could like actually have, sing the line to her. Yeah, it just implies she's standing in front of him somehow. I don't know Ooh, how to do like camera editing, like film editing, but I feel like that would be a a good way to do it. It's yeah. There are a lot of ways you could have shot that to make it make more sense. This is not one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he spends so much of this uh, music video just, like, it's a close-up of his face singing it. It's like Dan Harmon really wanted people to know that he sang this song and not the Sorrells from Streets of Fire. Like, hey, you remember this scene? That was me, kind of. That's me, kind of. It's me, a guy with a blonde curly mullet. Yeah, look at my mullet. But, yeah, lots of good curly hair representation in this song, so I can approve of that. Yeah, and uh, it stops on a freeze frame. Both this and the official music video. <laughs> it was, it was the eighties, man. Yeah, it's just I guess that's just how you did it. Were you gonna play fade out? No. Not now, how does it end? He's, he just oh he catches her. She's like her. talking to him. She's like got bar. her hands on his like shoulders, and then and then it freeze frames, <laughs> and he's smiling yeah, at the camera. Yeah, that's right. You did it. He's like, finally, I can stop working at this bar. Because I'm in love. <laughs> what a music video. I think, it's, I think it's a garbage music video, I'm going to be honest with you. There's not much going on here. Although you do get to see his dope boots. Yeah. Bartending boots. But, yeah, other than that. And like I said, good, so there's some good hair. But uh, the mm-hmm. merits of this music video are not related to the music or the video. So That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Maybe you should have just done 
He should have just done the scene from the movie with him and some other guys yeah, instead of the band. Tight. <laughs> and then at least yeah, it would have been like on a stage. He has a band. Although we do know that that set cost like a million dollars to reconstruct because they had to remake it. So that would probably would have right. been difficult. But you still could have done some other stage. Yeah, it's like the basic construct was just some neon shapes lit up on a uh, like a three-tiered stage. So you could do a one-tiered stage with some neon shapes and it would give the same impression. It would have been more interesting than like generic love story in bar 1980s. Yeah, I think the music video suffers from the same problem as the song is ultimately it's pretty generic. Mhm. Mhm. With that, let's talk about some of the covers here, Alex. Yeah, let's. So the first one here is London Starlight Orchestra and Singers in 1993. Let's not forget those singers. Yeah, well, because sometimes the London Starlight Orchestra just goes by themselves. And now it's the LSO has S. Elsauce. Elsauce. All right. So I was. So this starts for a bit. No, go I was, ahead. I was thinking this was gonna be like instrumental. I was like, "Where are the singers?" And they come in technically, but uh, they don't yeah, do a they lot. Do the backup vocals, but a like a horn does the vocals. Yeah. So it sounds stupid, right? Like it sounds it's, dumb. It's a bit. It's a bit dumb. Yeah. Which is weird, because usually 1993 is has such good stuff. So there's so mm-hmm. many good things in 1993. It's such a good year. It was, it was a things. great year for producing things. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Parks. Yeah. Um, human Beings. Yeah. Um, Shit. What's the, what's, Super what's the punchline Nintendo on this? I, I don't know. <laughs> Do, is this a joke? Are, are we joking? Is there a punchline? Yeah, well, you, you had rules of three going on there. So it was Jurassic Parks, a real thing that we all love. Human beings, referring to you and I, born in the year 1993. Uh, United like, Soviet Socialist Republics? Is that what... <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was already gone by then. Warheads, the candy, bro. What? They started in 93? Yeah. All right. I'm into it. And, and beanie babies. Oh, bro. shit. Am I a beanie baby? <laughs> yes, you are, man. I ate bean salad for lunch. Fuck. Oh, I'm my God. You beans. are a beanie baby. Uh, and okay. the drink Zima. Fucking what? <laughs> no Zima. Fema? Zima. Zima. Have you had Zima? Um, No, it's a clear, lightly carbonated alcoholic beverage made and distributed by the Coors Brewing Company. Introduced in 1993, it was marketed as an alternative to beer. Do we have that there's, anymore? There's no way they still make Zima. I feel like I've never um, heard of it. It's production in the United States ceased in October 2008, but the product is still marketed in Japan. Oh, time to go on the trip. Let's get yeah. some Zima. <laughs> All right, London Starlight Orchestra. Uh, they replaced the drum machine with like like a hand drum again. Yeah, it's like a bongo or a djembe or something. I've said that before. I I can't. Tell the I don't remember the difference between them. Yeah, the I'm audible a, I'm difference. A, a drumming professor. Um, so that happens, and then they come in. This is weird. I think this one is weird because then they come in with like a synth bass, 
Mm-hmm. And like, like, where's your orchestra? Yeah, this is like barely an or- like the strings don't yeah. come in till like halfway through, and even then they're pretty light. Like so generally, like, when you get an orchestra, yeah. it's a big swelling number. Like it feels big. And this doesn't really feel big, and the instruments aren't like orchestra. Is like the, like I said, there's like some synthesizer, which is fine, but it doesn't really feel like a like an orchestra piece. Mm-hmm. And like, like more organic instrumentation when I think of an orchestra, right? And I mean, they do have a saxophone, so they've got mm-hmm. that. But that's not even like that could easily be a smaller band, like. It's just one saxophone, well, doing the solo part. And they've yeah. got, like, this sort of chimey, like, electric piano or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's very odd to be something that calls itself, like, an orchestra piece. Yeah, it, piece. it really is odd. And then they make this half-assed decision to have backup vocals. They Yeah, which is, yeah, really weird because... The the saxophone is playing the main vocal part. It does the like, and then they're just like, dream about you. Yeah, that would have been a way better opportunity to like pick a different instrument to hit those backup parts. Yeah, it's it's so weird that they like why where what happened to the instruments? Did they like record this during a lunch break and they had like four guys who didn't leave the building? I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah, four guys were like, you guys like that song? You know, uh, I Can Dream About You? Did you guys see Streets of Fire? Guys, it's a great movie I saw. Yeah. In nine years ago. In nine years ago. <laughs> nine years ago. Yeah. Um, there is a guitar that comes in for a sort of solo section. Yeah, that was weird, too. It's like, they kept a guitar solo. Did the, ori- yeah. the original have a... Was it a guitar solo in the original? Yeah, and it's the yeah. same solo in this one. And, like, they're just still playing a guitar, and it's, like, weird that they were like, let's bring a guitar in to do this and not, like, put it on something else. I don't know. It's very odd. They've also still yeah. got that, like, synthy sound, the, like, pads that's doing the chord progression. Yeah. It's more noticeable in this one, but, like, it's still there. It's It's, it's just so odd. Yeah, it's oddly put together, and I don't think it works on any level yeah you know what it's like just having the backup vocals makes it sound like you've got one earphone in yeah because you're getting like yeah you're getting backups but no main vocals it's it's a it's strange yeah it's that's it's not an experience you seek out in life yeah so that's yeah that's this one it's it's that's odd, this one. odd an odd take on it that um made some weird decisions yeah that didn't pay off so let's move into 1998 where we'll be talking about tom bones malone i love this guy's name okay so i mean tom jacks off what? Bones, bo- Bones Malone. Tom Jackson. Bones Alone. Bones Alone. Ha! Get it? There's so there's so many like angles. Obviously, he plays the trombone. So you got yeah. Tom Bone, right? And you've also yeah. like you could just call him Bones Malone, and he'd sound like a gangster. Hell yeah! Like he's got a lot of angles to his name. It's a great name. 
I'm yeah, glad we get the name. opportunity to talk about it. Talk about Tom Bones Malone's. He was a member uh, of the Blues Brothers Band, the Saturday Night Live band leader from 1981 oh. to 1985. And he he's been in the, the CBS Orchestra and also on the band for The Late Show with David Letterman. So he's a pretty prominent uh, trombonist. Yeah. Trombonist. And also uh, probably knew what to do with this song a little bit better than the London Starlight Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Like, they just skip the drum machine entirely and go right into that, like, bass line. Yeah. Which yeah, is, they get this kind of yeah. palm muted. And this one, like, now we have the vocals on the trombone, which, mm-hmm. you know, I I wonder if it's just because, like, there's not a lot of, like, lead trombone music out there but i kind of thought it was, was i liked it i i don't know i can't yeah, figure out specifically sort of like why a unique tone to it but i liked this version even though it like doesn't do much yeah it's just it kind of like tight that, like you know yeah i don't know like knowing that he was a late night band leader like primarily mm-hmm. i feel like the vibe makes sense to me like in that trombone in there like it feels like a like a, a late night jazz piece yeah, and I guess also the thing of the trombone, you can have those like smooth slides between sounds, so it's got that feeling to it too. It's just a little different from, you know, normally it's a saxophone or trumpet or something. Yeah, and it's like a little lower in the mix too, like because it plays so low. I suppose. And there's whereas still like, like some like other sax, horns. it rips through, whereas this one just is kind of there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's a little softer, like mm-hmm. you kind of said. There also, there is an organ in this one. Yeah. Kind of just doing chords. You know, it's not very prominent, but it's there, and that's the important part. I appreciate a little organ. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate the use of uh, horns for the backup vocals as well. Mm-hmm. That cut on the sort of higher register, so it's like, and they're like, yeah. So you do have that separation between the backups and the main, uh, even though it's both on brass. Mm-hmm. So you uh, get it, like, yeah, it works a lot better than having brass main vocals and then human backup vocals. And I believe it still has a bit of guitar in it, not as much though. Mm-hmm. It's got a sax solo instead of a guitar yes. solo. Which is probably a good direction to take it. Like we said, yeah. the the orchestra one was a little bit weird that they just brought a guitar in for that. Mm-hmm. Um and then it also awkward. has like a kind of trombone solo. He does like some improvisations near the end of the, the song, about the last forty five seconds. Right, just when it's like playing out. Yeah. It's uh yeah, and it is like like you said, it's a pretty straight cover even in its instrumental like version, but it plays that well. Yeah, it it's it's like just like totally solid like version and and it's done well and, and it's like a bit it's not like super unique or anything, but, but there's enough like different things, even just in the instrumentation and like mm-hmm. good like good decisions made that that I, I enjoyed it. And maybe just because I was coming off of London Starlight Orchestra, where I was like, yeah, this is the like better version of that. 
great. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, Just like in contrast, it's yeah. like thank God somebody knew what an instrumental track was. <laughs> and yeah, it it uh, it nails it. Yeah, and, and and you know I am a little biased towards Tom Bones Malone as a Tom name. Bones I just fucking Malone, love that. Such a great name. Fuck yeah. Speaking of great names, let's talk about Daryl Hall and John Oates. Some way to get through my sleepless nights. I can dream about you. If I can't hold you tonight. Mm-hmm. I can dream about you. Okay, I wasn't sure what the time frame was on this one. This is 2004. Okay. Where are we? According to secondhand songs. All right. This so is Daryl and John. Daryl Hall and John. and John Oates. Hall and Oates, as they hate to be called. Uh, <laughs> when performing the song live in February of 2005, Hall revealed before the performance, and this is a quote, Here's a song that we did on the new album that we sort of did 20 years late. An old friend of ours, Dan Hartman, wrote this song. I remember back in the day he came up to me and he said, You know, I have this great song I wrote for you guys. It's you, you know. You have to sing this song. And unfortunately, we had just finished an album. We couldn't put it on the album, so I said, sorry, Dan. About six months later, I was watching MTV, <laughs> and there it was, and it was a hit for him. God bless him. So here we are, 20 years later. I hope he's hearing it, and I hope he enjoys it. Yes, because he passed away in the mid-90s. Did he? He did. Oh, From complications due to AIDS, I believe. Rest in peace, Dan Hartman. Um, yeah. So this is like an acoustic jam. Yes, they've acoustified it. It's been acoustified. And, like, changed it quite a bit, actually. Like, they don't have any drums at the beginning. It's all, like, acoustic guitars. And some straightforward drums, not electronic drums. There's, like, some piano, too, but no, like, really bass. Yeah, I think piano is holding down the bass section. It seems to be played low. There is and... a bass, but, like, it's it's pretty low. It's not, like, yeah. synth bass, you know? Right. And it's late later, yeah, it's later day Daryl Hall, so he yeah. sounds a, a little more deeper in his in his register. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he does a lot of the, like, vocal, uh, I guess, improvisation and flourishes around the edges of, and en- ends of lines and, and between verses and stuff, ad-libbing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. Yeah, so this one, I wonder if this one comes off as more heartfelt just because of the acoustic arrangement. And the vocal performance. I guess you kind of take it out of that, like, synthetic 80s environment. And, mm-hmm. yeah, probably. And, I mean, this is Hollow Notes. They've been doing it for decades at this point. So yeah. they kind of know what to do with this sort of song. And it was written for them. Yeah, like, it's, it's a Hollow Notes song that it just so happens they, like, didn't write. So. Yeah. And he also changes some of the lyrics. Yeah, I didn't pick up on any of them directly. What were they? Um, so in verse three, it's like completely different because verse three, or what what uh, genius calls verse what three, which is the three. weird section. Yeah. They do the, like I can dream about you, and then he says, uh, "And my dream will still happen, and you're still part of me." Hmm. And then the second part says, "I can dream about you," and he says, "And when you're in my mind's eye, you're a sweet memory." So this one almost sounds like they're singing about someone who's, like, gone, like, in the past. Oh, shit. Are they singing it to Dan Hartman? I'm wondering. That is Like, kind of. Like, like they throw that line in, like, as a tribute to him because he, it was, what, what year was this again? 2004. 2004? Yeah. So, I mean, it maybe. 
it kind of has that feeling because it's definitely feeling like more so than the original. Like they're singing about um, someone that's like lost or, yeah. or like out of their lives now. That actually makes this version very sweet. Yeah. So it does. So if if that's what it is, I mean, and and I don't see why we can't take it that way. Uh, it it is probably a little more heartfelt than. Do they than still the say they're going to press his lips against him? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, so not that maybe... there's anything wrong with that that could be i think that can still be a uh you know a, a yeah. platonic expression of love totally uh it's not normally uh probably done that way in pop music but mm-hmm. um maybe at the very least that line could be sort of a tribute yeah well even like and when we think about dead people we tend to be a little more a little more loving, a little more generous with our, our expressions of love because we, we can't do them anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'll choose to interpret this as a uh, as them singing it for Dan Hartman. Yeah. And it's a, it's a nice, nice change. Yeah, it's a nice, simple little piece. It's, it's fucking Hall & Oates. <laughs> yeah, Hall & Oates doing Hall & Oates thing. In like a fairly acoustic way, it's like pretty, pretty soft, edged, yeah. but like uh, the whole the song is already so. Fucking a! Let's talk yeah. about Sir G featuring DC in the year two thousand eight. So I I picked this version because uh, we both at one point made a playlist for this and then we kind of consolidated them. Um, yeah. I picked this version specifically because the artist was listed as Sir G Feet DC, comma, DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you pick it for that reason as well? I picked it because it was listed on secondhand songs. So I just oh, okay. like, grabbed that. Because th- there was another version that was just Sir G Feet DC. But this one ah. has the feature and the him listed as a second uh, <laughs> contributor. Yeah, I saw that, and I was just like, that's fucking weird. It is weird. Anyway, this is the dance remix. Yeah, do you know if Sergi is crazy Sergi, or if he's a different Sergi? Um, I don't. I looked at crazy Sergi as well. That's okay. the only one I could find. Um, he apparently likes Nike. He apparently, you got to read his, uh, did you go to his webpage? Uh, I don't have it up, I don't think. It's, it's nuts. Let me give you his bio here. It says, Serge was born in Belgium, hey, Belgium, as the fifth son of a family of eight. He becomes a gymnastics champion at the age of 16, and as a break dancer, he does not hesitate to perform in the streets to get noticed. His Damn. love for dance and music make him leave school at that same age. And after getting noticed by a producer, he forms the group B.B. Jerome and the Bang Gang during the 90s. After getting injured during one of his shows due to an accident, he needs several months of revalidation, after which doctors advise him to find another occupation. Serge knows that in his heart, he cannot follow the doctor's advice because he is too deeply in love with the scene, the dance, and the music. He can't imagine a future where he's not performing. And so after several years, he decides it is time to get behind the decks again and revive his show by cutting himself loose and unleashing his full potential potential as a solo act. Crazy Sergi is born. Ah, 
So like he's Sir G. Oh Serge. His name is Serge. Oh cool. Yeah. Um, that's wild, man. Yeah. So that uh, that so is this Sir G. This he's might got, not uh, like, be that. Five years of DJing experience. So I couldn't get a solid date on this song. Was it two thousand nine? I got 2008 for it. That was off secondhand songs again. Okay, okay. That's pretty close. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't check secondhand songs. So I did look up this. Uh, I did search it up to see if there's a music video. And there was a video on YouTube listed as an extended version that was mm-hmm. about a minute shorter than the version that we listened to. So I don't know. <laughs> well, because this is the one, Sergi featuring DC, that was then maybe looked at again by DC. That's the only reason I can think that there would be DC listed twice. I forgot to look up DC. He's a he's an MC and producer, I believe, in Europe. I want to say London, UK area. Okay. There's also not, a not DC who's from like Hamilton, Ontario, but I don't think it's the same one. None of them are from like Washington DC. No, weirdly okay. enough. All right. Whatever. So uh, this is the summer jam version or the dance remix. Oh yeah, this is the dance remix. It kind of starts with the percussion intro. Yeah. And there's some like vocals that are super filtered out in the background. Yeah, so he's chopped up the uh, the main line to be I can, can about can, 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 I can 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 all that. Yeah, and it's like put through a filter, so it sounds like ghostly robots singing. Yeah, and it does not take long for the like dance rhythm to come and like. Yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and then you get obviously the build to the like the full on song. Yeah, it's kind of got this, like, ray. yeah, it's got your build. It doesn't really drop very much, but maybe a little bit. Yeah, it kind of, it does, like, a, like, it sounds like a cymbal's getting hit, and it just kind of lets that echo out through, and then yeah, we get the, the vocal chorus, I can we get the main chorus lines. Yeah, so it, it's like a build-up to a break instead of a build-up to a drop. Yeah, I guess so. And then they do the chorus. Yeah. Yeah probably twice it's honestly like a pretty sparse dance remix for the most part until we get the like sassy synth line coming in yeah there it like does the chorus and it's kind of all filtered and stuff and then just like completely changes it does this like i can dream i can dream i can dream and then like and then just like total like different synth line yeah, it's like So, you can dance to that. But this is totally oh, yeah. different from the original. Yeah. So that's I guess the dance part. I guess that's how it goes. It's another one of those dance remixes where it's almost more like a sample. Yeah, cuz they really do only use the chorus. And then like the meat of this song is just that mm-hmm. and then you and you it's dance uh to it. yeah because i actually did have another like kind of dance remix one or at least an electronic remix on here but it the only similarity it had to the original was the chorus lines were in there but there was other lyrics that were completely different oh. i believe that was know? by a group called desires desires yeah i think i remember seeing that Wait, not Moonlight Desires? No. Okay. Um, it's I'm I'm pretty sure it was just called Desires. 
That's weird now that I think about it. Yeah, it's oh, just Desire is the name of the group. I can dream about you if I can I can dream about you. It's too bad because like I I thought this would have been a sick cover if it was actually a cover. Yeah, I mean it was like it was a decent little dance dance mix. Um Yeah, one of those darker ones, you know, like uh sometimes when you say dark yeah. what exactly does that mean just like uh more like a heavier overtone less upbeat okay just want to make sure because i i thought we thought i kind of knew but now i'm not sure i'm not referring to the Sergi version this is not a dark remix cool all right i was a little confused I was talking about the the one by desire the desire one okay but it yeah. was like totally different yeah, no, this one is not dark in any sense. Sparse with some instruments, but which can be used in a dark piece, but no, this is not right. a dark. Cool. Um, All right. sh- should we t- should we talk about Daryl Kane now? Yeah, I mean there's not much more to that version like it repeats the the um chorus and then does another little like dance section. Yeah, and, and it ends on a out. like a little echo note. Yeah. yeah it's like this kind of like pulsing lo-fi synth which is like and that's it. That's, That's all it. Is. That's all there is. Let's talk about Daryl Kane in the year twenty He was an R and B cover artist with this one album to his name. He also covered Maneater on it. Maneater. 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 So this, uh, it sounds like we got a xylophone or a Glock going on in here. Yeah, I would say, I would say xylophone. That's what yeah. I hear. That's what I hear as At well. the xylophone sound. Um, and like a cheap Yamaha. Which part is the cheap Yamaha? Um, it's oh, doing the, like, the uh, <laughs> it's uh, doing the, uh, like the main riff almost there. It's, it sounds like it's like on a string setting or something. Okay. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of got almost like a, like an, like it's an electric harpsichord sound. Yeah. But but it's definitely like, di- well, it's synthesized in some way. But yeah, it does got it does have a little bit of that sound, or or that's what I called it. Yeah. Um, plus they got the like the drums. Um, it's got like a drum machine as well, but it's different, and it's mm-hmm. got. This like sound in it, <laughs> very like, which I, I guess you hear in drum machines, but it's definitely the oh, only yeah, one of these like, versions. Yeah, bah. and they got some like hand clap sounds too, and that yeah, that weird like buzz thing that goes. Bah. Yeah, at first I thought it was like a a guitar sting, but no, I think it's just a weird like buzzing noise. Yeah, which, I mean, I've heard from, like, drum machines before, but I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's not pleasing to hear, I would say. <laughs> Just on its own? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the bass line part, or, like, that, or in the intro, is played low on the piano, that do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, that's all on the piano. Which I, yeah, piano's cool. Yeah, Um, he does some scatting on this. 
Yes, there's a lot of like do 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 do's. That's the one. And uh, it's like it's a very this is another very straight cover. It's very bright and light, which is I think you could say that of the original as well. Yeah, I definitely bright, especially the like stringy harpsichord sound that's like kind of mm-hmm. leading a lot of the instrumentation. Um, and there's a solo on that harpsichord thing. Uh, I don't know what you would call that. Maybe it's some sort of clavinet or something like that. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I thought, I mean, it's definitely like a different sound. Like it sounds unique. I thought. Yeah, his voice is certainly different. It's It's distinct. distinct. Like they've changed up the instrumentation enough that it's got a different feel to it. And he can sing, which is not something everybody who can cover this does. So Truth. So good on him. And, uh, I feel like the instrumentation on this one is weird, though. I don't, I don't think I like it. It's, it. I mean, this is his only album. It does feel almost a little like, I don't want to say amateurish, but like a low production value, right? Yeah. Like he didn't, he couldn't afford like anything he beyond could. a starter Yamaha. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but like you can kind of tell, and maybe that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. At least and he's an adult. Remember when we like ripped on some children for making cover songs? <laughs> that was fun. I I tried not to, but like yeah, it kind of sucks. But like you know, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Do your thing. No, this guy does. This guy does a pretty decent job. Yeah, if he could get some some higher quality equipment, just replace that Yamaha man. Get something else in there. <laughs> the tone of it is just not good. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah. You're, you're too forgiving, good. Alex. You're a big fucking softy is your problem. Oh, you. Oh. Let's talk about Moonlight Desires, who covered this in the year 2014. All right, this is the rock and roll version. Yeah, so these guys are a song by Lawrence Gawain. Oh, nice. <laughs> Desires that haunt me. Or whatever. So they're actually a rock band from Hamilton that transforms synth-based 80s pop hits into guitar-driven anthems. That's their whole thing? Yeah, that's their whole thing. And I think they are. Uh, they think they're doing a bigger move than they are. Because a lot of guitar... as well, yeah anthems are just pop music uh yeah i mean i i used to think in that way too where i was like no i don't listen to pop music i listen to classic rock please <laughs> like but uh yeah I, I now that you've said that that's their mo like where it's like yeah we make it i don't know if i don't know maybe they like the music i don't know i i, I don't want to start throwing around accusations so i'll, I'll stop there it's like they needed it to sound tougher, though, right? They're like, we can't be listening to Dan Hartman. Yeah, Dan Hartman is not cool. I don't want to be fucking embarrassed if the boys come over to crack some brewskis and I'm listening to Dan Hartman. We need to play it on guitars and, and put a bunch of extra tracks on our vocals. Yeah. So many extra tracks. So I think it's Motley Crue. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. They put a bunch of guitars on this and multi-tracked their vocals. 
bingo bango. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they they and they take out the drum machine because you can't have electronic drums. Yeah, so we get uh, some organic drums with a lot of crash cymbals going on in it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. particularly in the solo section, which is a guitar solo. Yeah, expect it's nice. It's a nice guitar solo, very it's bright fine. tone on the guitar. Um, and, and the vocals kind of come in on top occasionally because he says, "I think he says, I can dream about you." After the guitar does a lick. I can dream. Kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, Interestingly, the lead vocals take the backup line not even for a minute. Which part is the not even for a minute from? That's a... Not even for a minute. That is... It's at, uh, if you go to, like, 220. I don't understand it. Can't keep him. Ma- so he sings both. Is that it? Yeah. Or did, okay. I suppose because there is actually uh, there is actually backup vocals on this, but I mean that one kind of makes sense because it's not like there's not time to get to that line. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Fair enough. And yeah, it's like it's faster. It's it's uh it's got that slightly harder edge from the you know distorted guitar, yeah. and it's a rock and roll version. Yeah, like it's got a good energy. Rocker, it's uh, they do some some different kind of sections. It ends on just this dude hitting the same guitar chord a few times over. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's a fun high energy version, but it's more of a novelty than a than a real take on it. I would say, especially because they've defined themselves as a novelty in their own band description. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of turned off this one a bit more now. I didn't love it before, but. Yeah, but it was uh, like a change of palette from a lot of the versions, right? That's true. It was a different feeling um, compared to most of the other ones, which on a lot of the earlier ones were like pretty similar. So that's yeah. reasonable, too. Yeah. So with that, let's move into uh, 2018, where we have Carol Kay, but not that Carol Kay. Oh, I can dream about you. If I can't hold you tonight, I can dream about you. You know how to. What's the other Carol Kay? Carol Kay is one of the most prolific recorded bass guitarists in rock and pop music. Doesn't sound like that, Carol Kay. That's Carol Kay with an E on the end of K. Ah. This is Carol Kay without an E. This is K A Y. Yeah, you can't sue. There's no (laughs) infringement there. This one is soft piano version. Yeah, buddy, put it in my veins. So she's a Canadian singer-songwriter who's currently living in San Francisco. And yeah, this is the soft piano version. She is a fucking traitor. She's a turncoat. (laughs) Leaving Canada to be popular, who would do such a thing? Unfucking believable. I'd do it Uh, in a heartbeat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is like this is like lyrics. Like vocals, I should say, voice, sounds, bi- voice box, all of that. Yeah. Vocal folds and piano. All of those instruments I listed. Yes. Which is two instruments. Just those so two. The, yeah, so the piano just follows the uh, vocal pattern on the verses. And then it just kind of does like some something else in the chorus. It goes a little Yeah, more it's full. kind of like in, in the... It does just like, yeah, like chords in the verses, but then in the chorus, it's more like she does kind of like patterns 
like uh i i assume just like chord arpeggiated chord type patterns yeah and it kind of gets more complex as the song goes on so like at first it's just like i think it's even just two um like notes she's just jumping between and then for the other choruses she'll do like more like then it's like four and then she like goes up and down and stuff so uh, there's kind of it gets more complex as the song goes on Mm-hmm. and she does she does her own backup vocals on this as well so it's two tracks for the vocals and uh even the backup vocals do get a little more complex at certain points yes and there's one part where the backups sing like her like the main part and then the the main or her voice, which it's all her voice, pretty sure. Uh, she mm-hmm. just says this like I can dream, like she's just like holding that. And then what the thing that was the back of vocals, which sounds different for some reason. Hmm. Um. Does like the verse, right, or the chorus rather? Yeah. Yeah, and then right at the end, they do the backup vocals do this kind of choir esque vocals. It's like literally like the last ten seconds, and they start doing some. Ah, oh yeah, ah, they start ah, doing. Ah. There's like two parts. There's like mm-hmm. someone just holding ah, and then the like ah, 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 and the vocals are doubled. So suddenly it's just like yeah. a bunch, bunch of vocals. I was a little surprised that like suddenly those like backup vocals came in because i was like yeah we're doing solo it's all one and then suddenly it's like boom there's two of her and Mm -hmm. it happens very suddenly it's just like oh and then just another one yeah i think it was a smart move to put in backup vocals i think there should have been more i think she should have had more interesting changes coming through the piece here so it would like grow even more as yeah over over the course because so much of this is just played straight and it's like it's she sings fine the piano is in tune like but it's yeah. pretty fucking boring yeah she's a pretty good singer and uh those but those backup vocals are probably like the unique thing that maybe she should have leaned into a bit more mm-hmm. i mean we've definitely heard worse piano versions oh we for sure have but this one's yeah this one's fine this one's fine. Let's talk about Jizz Card in 2019. <laughs> Is that how you say it? It's got to be Jizzcard, right? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Like, it could be got like. Geiskard? 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 I don't know. So weirdly enough, Giskert is a dance slash EDM producer. Huh? Yeah. This is a jazz version. Yes, I am aware. Okay, but I'm just going to roll with you, it. If you click on the artist and like play his number one there, Pink Life. Yeah, that looks different. Oh, a 70 Club remix. Yeah, this sounds very different. That's so weird. But I think it might explain why the vocals on this suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, eh? Yeah. Didn't like, like, listen to the way he tries to hit dream. Okay. All right. There's probably some some assistance there. Digital assistance. He could use some digital assistance. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really notice. 
Maybe it was just late in the day. Like you, it sounds like he's straining himself as soon as he goes away from the first verse. I don't know, man. It sounds fine to me. I, I think you need to get your ears checked, brother. I mean, you're probably right. Now, the opening of this song sounds like it could be from the Earthbound soundtrack. Yeah, with that and those horns and that come in there. The horns? Okay. Yeah, it sounds like Foreside. Hmm, I don't know Foreside off the top of my head. Well, Alex, you've disappointed me once again. I only bought the game. I didn't play it. Ugh. I can't judge you for that. I've bought so many games and not played them. Thank you, Steam. Uh, okay. I see that, actually. I do. I see the connection. I'm listening yeah, to it right it's, now. Yeah, it's like a tone thing more it than does anything. Sound, it does have that sound to it. Kind of the synth combined with those horns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the Earthbound version. Yeah, at least the intro is. <laughs> <laughs> So it's and got a stand-up bass, it's got horns, it's got uh it's got a, a acoustic rhythm guitar, I believe. Yep, it's a lot of like smooth jazzy stuff. Yeah, I'll say this. I like the instrumentation on this one. Do, 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 do. It, it, uh, yeah, like, it, it can compete with Tom Bones Malone for like jazz version based on instrumentation. It's not bad. Not bad. It's not bad, but the, those vocals are a trash heap, dude. So I'm just listening. I don't know. They don't bother me that much. And let me see if I can find a particularly. Oh, like go to like 125. <laughs> you like that? Oh. I don't know. It doesn't sound like wrong to me it it doesn't sound like he's like straining i don't know i don't hear it sounds bad man <laughs> you're fucked sounds bad all right yeah i don't know I, I i didn't think it was great it it's definitely like the vocals stand out a bit from the from the instrumentation yeah i think they need a smoother singer on this yeah Oof. Oh, God, dude. How can you, like, listen to... <laughs> go to, like, two... Go to, like, 255. Like, I just think it's, like, fine. Like I said... Like, I, the way he hits mind, it's... <laughs> like, it's I bad. I don't know, man. It's objectively bad. I don't know. I just... I'm just not hearing it today. Maybe it's too quiet. Ugh. Ugh, Alex. Um, there's a horn solo in it. It's pretty nice. The drums on this are hitting interesting things. I've said. Did you notice that? They're hitting a lot of things, but I think it's a, it's mm -hmm. a lot of cymbals. Yeah. And yeah, ah, I fun. like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. They got a lot of like these soft horn sounds too. Mm-hmm. That just like, do like this is short the thing is. All the they instruments like, in this contribute to the instrumental, to the vocal track. They're supposed to, like, help it. And then the vocal track is just bad. So then the whole song falls apart. So we got to put a new vocal track on it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's um, my thoughts, though. What Do you want to give your... <laughs> I've given my full opinion it the well, same yeah, way. Well, yeah. It, it sounds times. cool. Like, it's a decent, like, jazzy sound. And, and uh, we picked out some of the specifics. And uh, 
the vocals don't offend me, but I suspect someone could do a better job. Yeah, like for sure. I I, I mean, they they don't. It's not like they blew me away or anything. But yeah, a credit to yeah. any piece that reminds me of Earthbound music. Just fucking love Earthbound. If you want a successful cover version, pretend it's Earthbound. Yeah, or, uh, but don't fuck up the vocals. Two simple <laughs> things. Make it sound like Earthbound. Don't make it sound like shit. If possible. With that, that's uh, every song we're covering today. So we're going to go into our final reviews. We have three categories today. Worst song. Best song. And dreamiest song. Mm. Mm. Alex, take it away from me. What's the worst song and why? What is the worst version and why is it the ver- right. v- v- worst Light, version? Zip, grip. I really just did not like the London Starlight Orchestra. I'm going to give it to the London Starlight Orchestra. I don't know. It, well, I do know. It didn't It didn't click for me. It was weird. The orchestra thing, the like singing was there, but mm-hmm. probably maybe shouldn't have been like it was it was an awkward version that like a lot of these songs out. didn't make exciting choices choices yeah. a lot of these covers didn't like blow my mind but only one of them was like radically bad yeah. like actively like, by why just would you doing do, like these stupid five choices yeah very strange and that's yeah it's london starlight orchestra and singers agree with you For it's sure. unanimous it's the worst version okay perfect let's let's move on to best alex <laughs> what is it Best version? Who did the best version? Mm-hmm. If you say jizz card, I'm gonna fucking murder you. Um, was, I was not gonna say jizz card. That was not my plan. Um, I mean, I do like the like. Daryl and John switched it up a bit and made it more of just like a straight acoustic guitar piece. With that, like, but didn't really make it like. Like what we would call like an acoustic guitar, like a sad acoustic guitar cover. Mm-hmm. And their lyrical changes uh, maybe had a little more there. So that was cool. Um, I, I still really like that, that Tom Bones one. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm going between right now. That's what I'm struggling mm-hmm. with because those were probably my favorite, two favorites. Um, well, if, well, if it helps you, I think it's Daryl Hall or John Oates for me just because like, I do like the original version too. And, Obviously, this version can't exist without the original, but I mm-hmm. think that those key lyric changes make this very heartfelt, and their acoustic arrangement also helps bring it out of that synthetic pop era into a more more genuine styling. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to have to give it to them, too. Uh, and Tom will get an honorable mention, but unfortunately not win today. Yeah, shout so out way to, to Tom go, Bones. Daryl and John for taking a song that was written for you several years later and and... Doing a good job. Yeah, buddy. Let's uh, which which one of these is the dreamiest, Alex? What's the dreamiest? Hmm. Tom Bones Malone, cause he can bone. Malone. My loan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Tom Boins Malones. Boins Malones. <laughs> Tommy yeah, Boyne. fuck yeah. I'll give you that. It's late night jazz. <laughs> it's dreamy. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to go with Sir G featuring DC. DC. DC, DC. Because it's, it's got all got... those echo effects and all these like half-spoken lines. Oh, yeah. Lots of filtery stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a pretty good dance version. Pretty, pretty, pretty fucking dreamy. Yeah, I danced to that. Fuck yeah. So that's been our review of I Can Dream About You by Dan Hartman. If you got some opinions you want to share with us, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, or at some Alex Wise Guy, or both of us. Um, if you want to subscribe to us, we'd be just fucking thrilled. We're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or your favorite podcasting app. I just, uh, today, Alex, I just paid for another another year of hosting, so we're, we're committed to this for another 52 weeks at least. Oh, shit. We haven't even hit 52 yet. That's right, because I bought hosting before we started uploading episodes, because I'm a All fucking idiot. All right. Now we're, all right. To 104. Oh, to, yeah, here's to, to 104 episodes. Um... Did I have another housekeeping? Email us, you goobers. <laughs> I've gotten a single email since John emailed us two weeks back. This is John, so last co- name not given. Yeah. Let's cover me pod at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Send us your opinions. Send us covers you've done of songs. Send us covers you want us to talk about. Send me something, bitch. Send us information as to how you're using downloads of our podcast to launder money. Yeah, explain that one to me. Also, why do you guys love Linkin Park so much? Yeah. Should we do we need to pivot and just become a podcast that talks about Linkin Park? Let us why know. Why are so many of our listeners from India now? If you are a listener from India, you're probably statistically listening to the Linkin Park episode so you'll never hear this, but if you do hear it, <laughs> Please tell us how you found out about this, why you're listening, or if you're just somebody using a VPN in India to download our podcast for some reason. I would love to know the answer to all of these questions. I would love to know. And speaking of things I'd love to know, in today's bonus segment, I'm going to ask Alex a question, and he's going to ponder on it for a bit and give me an answer. Yeah. Alex, what's what's a what's an acoustic cover of a song that's better than the original? And this can be like an acoustic version done by the same artist. Right. Um the first one that springs to mind, uh there's a bonus track on Hotcakes by The Darkness, which mm-hmm. is the acoustic version of I Can't Believe It's Not Love. I'm a mm. big fan of that. Um is there anything else? Let's see. I'm sure there's something else. Is the is the live version of Two of Us by Super Stra- Super Tramp is that a uh, acoustic cover? Um, acoustic version? I don't know that live version. What's it off of? You don't. It's uh, oh my god, Alex! It's better than the original. It's uh, it's uh, live at Pavilion de Paris. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, big ones that I'm forgetting, because I'm sure there are. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we're forgetting something. A lot of people uh, would say, uh, what is it, the MTV Unplugged version of The Man Who Sold the World, done by Kurt Cobain? Sure. I don't really know that version that well. Nor do I. That's because I love David Bowie so goddamn mm-hmm. much. Um. I believe that was MTV Unplugged. Maybe, it, yeah, it is. I bring up Springsteen on Broadway a lot. A lot of that, that could be like electric, interpreted though. as like, well, I guess maybe it's not acoustic. It is acoustic, isn't it? Does he have an electric for those? It's probably acoustic. Like those sound like acoustic covers of his songs, and those are pretty well done. So that's yeah. his own songs. Um, those I dig those. 
Yeah, on the deluxe version of Lou Reed's Transformer, there is uh, acoustic versions of... Fuck, what is it? It's Hanging Around and Walk on the Wild Side, I believe. Oh, yes, those are good. And I think there's no, one... No, it's Hanging Around and Perfect Day. Yeah, Perfect Day. Those are good. Uh, yeah. Those are fun because it's like slightly different lyrics, too. Yeah. I wish I... I should have... I like only cooked up this question because I thought of the, the Hall & Oates cover of this song while we were recording, so I wish I had, ah. had more time to think of good acoustic covers um right. so i guess at that we'll have to leave this to our devoted listenership yeah of which like nobody's gonna listen to this because nobody's heard this song <laughs> so <laughs> you guys got a like an acoustic version of a song that's better than the original just shout us out on twitter hashtag acoustic acoustic could do like acoustic cover but just combine the C's or something? Yeah, a, a cover stick, no. Um, a cover stick. A cool stick. Hey. Yeah. cool stick jam. No, it's awful. Um, just, just hashtag cover me pod. Yeah, just send us send us some, your info. We'll know what you're talking about. It's we we, The hashtag's not going to help. We're, we don't have hashtag a big enough community. Busy. Like, yeah. <laughs> just shout it out let us know send us an email whatever the fuck you want to do that's been our bonus segment i've been your host jake cressy alex has been your co-host alex mildenberger i have as been. we always say on cover me god damn it what wait uh hang on as we always say on cover me how how